the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all. Today we have Sonia interviewing John about his debate with the popular Muslim apologist Shabir Ali. In this program, he discusses good strategies to debate Islam. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. However, if you get into a debate where you have to defend the Bible, you need to defend the Bible. That is what we're told, for example, in 1 Peter 3.15. You need to be able to defend, you need to be able to attack, you need to do both. You need to be able to defend the Bible and you need to compel your opponent to defend his view as well. Even the topic of our debate was, I think, designed to have one where Shabir could attack the credibility of the death and resurrection of Jesus without having to defend the Quran in any way. But I agreed to the topic because I knew you could actually do that to point out that in the Quran explicitly says that Jesus did not die. He was not crucified. He didn't die. He didn't rise because he didn't die. And so I did make the point in my opening statement that this topic does, is a dividing point between the truth of Christianity or the truth of Islam, because if Jesus died and rose again, that proves the Quran to be wrong. So you could do some forcing your opponent here to defend his view. But going back to this debate, the fellow was arguing that the Bible is entirely the word of God. And then in the cross-examination, Shabir pointed out two passages. The fellow admitted wrongly that these are human additions. And so you can imagine what that did to his credibility to the audience. He just lost the debate right there. Another example Shabir likes to make the, this approach, this claim that Mark was the first gospel book written, and Matthew and Luke essentially copied from Mark. They used Mark as a source. Now, Shabir didn't make up these ideas. These, again, standard liberal scholarship accepted by most evangelicals, almost all of them, in fact. Mark and priority. And we will do a, a program on that at some point in the future. But Shabir goes on to say that you can see as you look at the earlier gospel books and the later gospel books, that's what's happening in the later ones, is this evolution of reverence for Jesus. This is making him look better, pushing him to higher and higher standards, moving up towards deity, whereas in the earlier book, he wasn't. And one example he gave here in a debate with another evangelical scholar centered on the transfiguration, where Jesus goes up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he's transfigured before them. His garments are like white, shining like the whitest white, and uh, Moses and Elijah appear with him. Now, in the record of this, in Mark chapter 9, verse 5, when Peter sees these things, he says to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But when you look at the record in Matthew chapter 17, verse 4, it records Peter saying, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And so Shabir argued, see, originally they just saw Jesus as a rabbi, and then in Matthew writes his book, he's, he's elevating the picture. And the response from the evangelical scholar was really something. He said, well, um, probably Peter said rabbi, but Matthew is looking at these events through what he called post-Easter eyes. 
And Matthew has come to believe now that Jesus is Lord. And so he essentially retrodicted that into the transfiguration account. And so Peter did actually say rabbi, but Matthew changed the words of Peter from rabbi to Lord. Well, okay. So even if we don't accept that Mark was first, isn't it actually still a problem if one account says rabbi and the other one says Lord? It actually isn't. And this is where the scholar needs to do his homework. Peter, James, John, Jesus, in their their normal day-to-day activities, most likely spoke Aramaic. And the gospel books were written, though, in Greek, which was the lingua franca of the ancient Mediterranean world. And most likely Jesus and others did speak Greek as a second language. Now, what Shabir wants you to think is that rabbi is, is a relatively low position. And rabbi is respected, but he's just a human being where Matthew is turning him into Lord, the Lord God. But that's actually not what's happening at all. What Mark does is transliterate what Jesus said, straight out of the Aramaic. We do that in English, for example. What does Kung Fu mean? Well, we think of it as Chinese martial arts. Exactly. It's a Chinese martial art. But if you're reading Chinese and you come across Kung Fu, and in Chinese it actually means like a supreme effort. It doesn't really mean that. But you read it in context, it's talking about Chinese martial art. How do you translate into English? Well, you could translate it as Chinese martial art. That's an actual translation. But you could also transliterate it by keeping the Chinese words, but putting them into the English alphabet. K-U-N-G space F-U. Kung Fu. They mean the same thing. The only difference is one is a transliteration where you take the the word in the original language and just write it in, in the English alphabet. And there's a translation where you take the meaning across. So the word Lord that Matthew uses is kurios. And Shabir wants to paint this as if Matthew has Peter calling Jesus the Lord God here at this point. But he really isn't. The Greek word kurios, it can mean that. It is used for that. It's even used in place of the personal name of God from the Old Testament. There's no equivalent in the New Testament. But its base meaning is simply like a lord, a master, a boss. And it's used in in both ways in the Bible. Like many other words that have multiple meanings, a semantic range. Matthew does use this word kurios 19 times in reference to, to Jesus as the Lord. But he also uses it nine times for ordinary human beings, simply to to cast the idea that they're the boss, the master. So there's nothing necessarily deifying about the use of kurios in Matthew. So he calls him Lord. Now, is this different from what Mark called him? It isn't. It's quite simple. If, uh, If our scholar would have looked up the meaning of rabbi in in the lexicon, the, the Bauer Dan Karn Gingrich standard lexicon, he would he would have seen that rabbi is a transliteration of the, the Aramaic rabbi, which means, translated, my Lord. So Peter in Mark calls Jesus Lord, and in Matthew calls him Lord. So it's the same. It's exactly the same. There's no difference. Interestingly, Luke in his account uses the word epistates, which again simply means master or Lord. So when you're translating, you can use any Greek word you want that means the same thing. When you're transliterating, you're just writing the Aramaic equivalent. 
But they're all saying the same thing. They're all calling him Lord, Master. And yet, he's, he's not prepared. He doesn't know that. And so our, our evangelical scholar there gave away the storm, basically told the audience, yep, you know, the gospel books, they're not necessarily recording accurately. Gospel writers would change things and even retrodict words into the mouths of the apostles. So you can see how he lost the debate there as well, and rather, uh, rather decisively, in my opinion. So this is why they lose, not because the case for Islam is better. It isn't. The reason they lose is because they have unwittingly accepted these liberal paradigm assumptions, which were designed to undermine the Bible. And when you're accepting assumptions that undermine the Bible, it makes it difficult to, to defend it. So, so really, if you're going to go into this kind of debate, you, you need to do your due diligence. And they are just assumptions, right? There's no actual proof for these liberal ideas. Nothing that, that would qualify as actual proof. I and mean, uh, you could go back to our programs on the authorship of the gospel books, for example, and the dates of the gospel books, and you will see, for example, dates of the gospel books. Supposedly, they, Matthew was the first one written in A.D. 130, and we went through that. How did they come up with that date? Well, F.C. Bauer pulled that number off the top of his head. He decided that... Paul wasn't teaching the true gospel, and there was this battle between the Petrine Christians who were teaching Jesus' message, which had nothing to do with Jesus being God or Savior of the world, and Paul who made up this stuff, and these two factors squabbled until finally they reached an agreement. There's the, the, the old thesis, antithesis, synthesis of Hegelian philosophy. And he said, oh, it would have taken 100 years to reach that agreement. Boom, you got the day for the first gospels. AD 130, just to make sure it's not an eyewitness times. And this is the kind of arguments they made. They were ideas, suggestions, not proof. They never were. But they were accepted because the rest of academia, the whole goal was to push God out. So you can go through it. We've done programs on things like the last 12 verses of Mark and, and so on. You can see that the liberals do not have the evidence for their claims, but it doesn't stop evangelical scholars from accepting them. Another example of, of, of the problem with accepting liberal paradigm assumptions, another debate with a Christian scholar, and this was actually on, on national television. Before the debate begins, Shabir Ali takes a stack of, of books, scholarly books written by liberal scholars, and takes them over to the Christian and says, I'd like you to stipulate that these are re reliable scholarly works. And the Christian said, sure, no problem. Well, he's lost the debate before he even began, because after that, Shabir could and did bring up all these liberal attacks on the credibility. And whenever the Christian tried to oppose, he'd say, but look, this is what these scholars teach, and you stipulated that these are reliable. This fellow had some problems. He had a, another debate with Shabir, where Shabir was making the claim that the gospel according to John went through five iterations before it reached the form that we have in our Bibles today. And this is what scholars have shown. They went through five iterations. And the Christian had nothing he could say to that. But he thought he'd prepared for it for the next debate with Shabir. And when Shabir brought up that point, the Christian said, Oh, you know your problem, Shabir? Your problem is that you don't read the serious commentaries, the really in-depth commentaries. You're going with those one-volume commentaries. You need to go into the serious ones like 
for the Gospel according to John, you need to go into a multi-volume commentary by the scholar Raymond Brown. That's what you need to go to. And I can imagine at this point, Shabir would again be smiling like uh, a cat that ate an entire flock of canaries and <laughs> would say to, to the, the Christian, do you know which scholar discovered the fact that John went through five iterations? Oh, the, uh, oh. Raymond Brown. So again, you can see how, how his credibility would just collapse at that point. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.